Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, and welcome back to Yours Sincerely. Now, most of you might know I'm an MP in Birmingham, but what you might not know is that I've always been a prolific letter writer and know the power of putting words to paper. So in this podcast, I give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. And when we've heard more about each person, they'll reveal how they would sign off each letter. Sophie Carrigill is a two-time Paralympian, a wheelchair basketball player for Great Britain, and a world and European silver medalist. She's competed at Rio and the Tokyo Paralympics and has her sights set on the Paris Paralympics game in 2024. Beyond the court, Sophie works to challenge perceptions and advocate for women with disabilities. Today, I'm excited to talk to her about the letters she would send to three people who mean the world to her. good thanks yeah I'm good I have um asked you uh to think about letters now are you much of a letter writer you're on the young side Sophie if you don't mind me saying so no, um, I, I do I like um I like I like writing um I'm not great at it I don't profess to be any kind of writer at all um but I do like writing I think it's quite cathartic it's quite nice I journal quite a bit just for myself really? yeah just I think I tend to only do it when I'm going through something just to yeah. help me like process and I guess writing things down is quite a nice way to Were you told to do that by some sort of clever sports <laughs> like I don't know psychologist or something Probably yeah somewhere along the line someone's gone that's a good idea um but it's just become a bit of a yeah a bit of a thing that I do and and yeah I like writing cards mainly I would say but you know I do appreciate receiving and giving like a birthday card or um you know anniversaries or whatever it is but yeah it's nice I think it's a gift that you can give as well more than just Mm. a present you know it's um and I keep loads of things like I'm really guilty of that I've got boxes like stuffed away in in my wardrobe under the bed of like cards that I got like must be 15 years ago or something you know so I think they're quite special little mementos to keep hold of as well yeah apart from now I just get ones that say things like to Jess and Tom and family love <laughs> Julie and you think who the bloody hell's Julie I don't even know who yeah. she is um I'm, I'm at that stage in my life where I just get Christmas cards from people at that totally unidentifiable people yeah um <laughs> So I also get Christmas cards for the people who used to live in my house, which I'm not going to lie, I open. <laughs> I don't know if you meant to do that, but they're like three people away who used to live there. There's never yeah. been any money in any of them yet, sadly. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my New Year's resolutions was to write a journal, and I have done it sporadically, but I, I just... I write too much, I think, yeah. and then I think this is a ball out for me to do at the end of the day. Yeah, you've got. I try to. I've got a little like A five 
journal that I write in and I just try to stick to like just one page just a quick like note of how I'm feeling what's going on um yeah what's happened even just that week like it's not every day I don't religiously do it every day but as and when I feel I need to and like get my thoughts out I feel like it's a good way to try and process but yeah like you say you could end up writing a book couldn't you yeah well, exactly <laughs> I started writing a journal um and it's mainly about like, sort of my work as a member of parliament so I'm like, writing all these details about not like personal <laughs> details but like the hilarious things that people had said to me and it just seemed like I felt bad for not including some of the people who were less interested <laughs> We don't tend to write a lot, really, anymore. You know, apart from if you are writing cards or letters or whatever, everything's on yeah, our you phones. You don't write stuff down anymore, yeah. generally. No. So in I, in Parliament, really, yeah. we still do a lot because you'll be sat um, in a debate or a chat and you're, mm. because you're responding to what people are saying, you're writing as you go. So it's a bit yeah, like yeah, being yeah. in an exam at school and you're like, oh, my yeah, God. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yvette Cooper, the Shadow Home Secretary, honestly, I swear to God, she writes all of her speeches within the second before she stands up to read them. Really? And like, wow. she's like always got like 20 pieces of paper, like, and somehow she can keep them in some sort of order. It looks yeah. like chaos to me. <laughs> yeah, sounds like <laughs> chaos. <laughs> um, do you have any like really special letters that you kept? I know you said you kept, um, you've got loads of cards and stuff, but do you have anything that like, a letter about a life-changing moment or anything that you kept yeah I was having a good think about this and um I so I had a car accident when I was 16 and I was out in America um so I was in hospital there for a couple of months um and this is so random but um George Bush wrote me a letter (laughs) (laughs) George Bush Jr George W Bush sorry I was senior 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 Um, and for some weird reason, so it's to do with my dad and connections and knowing people or whatever, but, um, he works on the golf and he'd, um, I think taken him round in a, you know, looked after him one, one time when the Ryder Cup was on over here. Um, and so had that connection and obviously my accident happened and my dad's response was try and get as many people, you know, around me, supporting me as possible. And one of those people happened to be George Bush. The president of the United States, because, of course, you cannot, you can never stop being the president. Once you've been the president, you are always the president of the United States. What did he say? God, I can't even remember, you know, but just... Get um, well. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Sending all my best wishes, um, you know, stay strong, stay positive, that kind of thing. What was it like um, being in America so far away, being in hospital for ages? Yeah, it was t- It was tough. It was It was weird, like, being away from home. Were your parents but, with you? So I'd gone out to visit family, so I've got an auntie and uncle who live yeah. over in America. I'd gone out to visit them, so, no, my mum, my dad and my brother were all at home still. Oh, my God, you so, poor mum and dad. I know. Oh, my God, that's the worst thing. That, yeah. I like, the triggering feeling of that yeah, is like... I know. They, you know, got that phone call at, I think, like, 1am in the morning over here or something. And, oh, God. You know, I'd been in a car crash and it was pretty critical and so they just got on the first flight that they could over to see Imagine me. So that flight. Imagine that tough. moment, yeah. like, yeah. them sitting on that flight trying to get to you and just Awful. willing it to get there quicker. I know, and you, I know. You can't get there quicker. No, no, I know. It must have been awful. Like, I, I'm not a mum yet. I hope to be one day, yeah. but... I can only oh, just have I can, so much. I like, am a mum and I can tell you that in my insides yeah. hurt at the thought yeah. of it. 
yeah it's just oh awful and I think through my recovery I always I was very conscious of that like that it was I think it was harder for them my parents and it was for me at times you know it's watching. trauma though isn't it so the the body keeps the score and all that jazz that um, yeah. that is definitely true that if you suffer a trauma that that moment it's a different moment of trauma and you both mm. will suffer from it but that there is an incidence of trauma I bet yeah. you like for years every single time the phone rang your mum assumed one of her children was dead yeah, you know, like that, and and your dad similarly, like yeah, you know that yeah, yeah. it's that trauma. Your muscles learn it. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. yeah, I know. I don't wish that on anybody, but um, thankfully we're twelve You're years right. down the line, and we're, we're fine. We're cracking on. <laughs> you must just. I, I would never let my children out of my sight ever again. I think that that would be my response. I would yeah. tether them to me and never let them leave the house ever I know, again. I know. I think they were probably glad I was in hospital for a while afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Know where she is. Put a camera yeah, on exactly. her. Just yeah. watching her all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it must have been so difficult. Um, and how was the American healthcare system? I obviously am basing this entirely on Grey's Anatomy and <laughs> ER. Uh, my experience of, I believe I could do a perfectly passable Whipple because I watch so much Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, that's funny. It was good, yeah. I mean, honestly, um, without going into too much detail, because, you know, no one needs to know the gory details of the insides of my <laughs> body, but um, <laughs> they absolutely saved my life, like, without a doubt. And... I was told if I was here, the injuries that I'd had um, were so severe and so life-threatening that they, the doctor that I saw when I was here said he didn't think that I'd have survived if I was in this country. <gasps> wow. So very lucky, you know, to have been there where I was, to have had my life saved. Um, but, and, and yeah, it's a different system, isn't it? Like, I love the NHS. I think it's incredible that we have that in this yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. But over there they've got money pumped into it left right and center and you're paying for it aren't you ultimately well that's the thing insurance. is that the money gets pumped into yeah. it for people with money yeah, that's yeah. the problem or my insurance company <laughs> but presumably you had insurance yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so um so yeah it's, it's a it's a different ball game um but that uh, you know I, it worked for me it was great and you know i am who i am now massively because of that because of those people um Wow, you must feel incredibly indebted to them. I do, absolutely, I do, yeah. man. Well, good old George Bush. I, That's the, I think that might be the best one yet. Really? Um, I, just, I think that... Well, no, we, we had Nelson Mandela. Oh, okay. you, yeah, you're on good. a par, world leaders-wise. <laughs> um, I'm, I, politically, I'm not saying that I feel the same way about George Bush as I do about no. Nelson Mandela, just to be clear. Um, but, you know, they're both global leaders. Yeah. Um, so you're doing pretty well. That is impressive. Who was the president at the time that you had your... It was Obama. It was Obama, yeah. but he didn't write no, to I you, know. the bugger. He should have written to I you. Know, <laughs> so I have asked you to think about three people you would want to write letters to, and the first one is to somebody who means the world to you. So who would that be? You automatically think mum, dad, those types of people. Yeah. Especially your yeah, mum and dad. For sure. oh, man, you put them through the ring. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I've gone for, I've actually gone for a group of people, if that's okay. Um, yeah, you can cheat, my, I don't um, care. So my best, best, like, group of girlfriends um, mm-hmm. are the absolute, like, my just 
solids. And it's so weird because they're all friends that I've had throughout my life from completely different stages of my life, but they're all collectively like have come together, like almost because of me, because I've obviously You're the linchpin. There's always one person in a friendship group who's the (laughs) linchpin. There's always one. And they've just they're just incredible people. And I think having a, a group like that, that everyone's so different and has known me from different like times in my life, um they're just like the most like loyal and most like caring like friendship group like I could ever even dream of having so I feel really lucky um and them as a collective like I couldn't ever just choose what one are their them. names okay so Amy Alex Meg Sasha and Liv so shout out to you all because okay. you're all bloody brilliant <laughs> my um friendship group of my sort of six or seven closest friends has two girls called Amy <laughs> and a girl called Alex but girls born in the years we were born were all called Amy or Jess so there's two Jesses two Amy's yeah that's wow. just, like it's just so common yeah. to be called Jess or Amy but uh yeah I have an Amy and an Alex as well oh. so they didn't all know each other necessarily before no, you no no um so I guess funny story really it's not funny at all it's pretty heartbreaking but I um just recently come out of a breakup and was meant to be well I was engaged was meant to be getting married um and oh I'm sorry they were all I've asked them all to be my bridesmaids so it's kind of how we all oh, came together no. they all knew each I other I often think that that's the reason people women want to get married <laughs> is so that they can honor their girlfriends yeah, oh my god I honestly I mean because some of my friends are now friends that weren't friends with me when I got my, I got married. I mean, nearly eighteen years ago, uh, and uh, I sometimes think I maybe need to marry again or just marry my husband yeah. again in order to honour my girlfriends. Yeah, to get all the there girls. needs to be like we need a wedding yeah. equivalent, don't we? We need a thing where you just get to yeah, do that. Honestly, let's invent one. The card makers will be yeah. happy. That was it. Was one of the the most amazing parts of that process was getting those girls yeah. all together and you know seeing them more. Um, together like you know I'd see them all individually a lot and but getting them together like all my closest friends like was was amazing like it was an amazing part of going through that process like you say we need to do more of that um yeah but yes when my Amy was getting married her husband was basically second I planned it with her. It was my, it was yeah. mine and her wedding. Her husband just had to turn up on the yeah. day. Uh, I mean, really, he was surplus to requirements <laughs> in many ways. Just had to say I really that like I him. do at the end. In fact, I love him. I'm very glad she married him. Oh. However, the wedding was for her, me yeah, and her. 100%. <laughs> I feel like that would have been very much the same for all of us. And still will, you know, at some point in my life. I hope yeah. that's still on the cards, maybe. But um, Why did you break up, if you don't mind me asking? Um, my reasons really my uh, I guess intuition I guess my gut part of me it's really brave that is how old are you 29 okay yeah that's you're you're on the right side of (laughs) I hope still like not well when I say that I mean I think that I think for women lots and lots of women we are sort of groomed from a young age to go through with things, yeah. even when our gut is telling us that it's not yeah, right. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I deal with the harshest end of it, mm. but like, you know, convincing yourself you want to have sex with people that you definitely didn't want to have yeah, sex with yeah. and you can't see that until you reflect on it yeah, afterwards. 100%. Um, and um, I think that, you know, I've, I've met loads and loads and loads of women who had a sort of feeling that they shouldn't mm. go through with it and didn't follow it. And I think it takes yeah, age, actually. Yeah, it takes yeah. 
age to be a bit more like, well, actually, I am going to listen to myself. It was just, yeah, something that I couldn't ignore and not to do with him or anything. He's an amazing person. Um, But just to do with me and whether it's timing or it's, you know... Whether it's the commitment of well, you're only twenty nine, yeah, exactly. I so. mean, I'm I married incredibly young. I'm I'm like a gym slip bride, <laughs> but you you know you've got plenty of time. Yeah, I hope so. And I think I just people don't get married until they're in their thirties these yeah, days. Surely to God, yeah, I'll be fine. But yeah, it has yeah. been. You know, it's been a difficult time, and and that group of girls that you know had been through it all, all the wedding planning up to that point, and then the wedding cancelling and all this type of stuff. <gasps> they've it's like something out of well, a rom com. Um, I hope there is a happy ending somewhere down the line. But they're honestly, like, I, I literally, I couldn't have got through some days without them. Like, we've got a WhatsApp group, as I'm sure you can imagine, and I'm just, like, yeah, bombarding yeah, yeah. them with, like, my thoughts and feelings and everything, and they're just, like, there for me, like you wouldn't believe. So they absolutely deserve a, a, deserve a letter to them. I think... Um... I often say this when people talk about their girlfriends is that I feel like it's not well written. It's getting better, but that sort of connection between mm. women, for some reason, because it, it never became, I think, a sort of literary um, flourish that people... Because men largely wrote mm. most of <laughs> literary history. Yeah. Um just I, I really feel and women it's such a sort of literary device for women to turn on each mm. other and be jealous of each other um that i, I feel like it hasn't been properly explored mm. in art and literature and there is uh, and so for that reason i don't have the words to express mm. it I, I literally don't have the words to express how much my close group of girlfriends means to me I've got all the words to express how much my husband means to Mm. me because they've been given to me through generations and generations and I just can't quite put into words because it's not soppy Mm. as much as it is soppy like like I say I I don't have the language I don't have the capability and the language we need some new words to describe what that feels like and it is just I think uh, instant knowledge someone will be there yeah yeah yeah. And you don't get that, actually, yeah. in intimate mm-hmm. relationships. The instant knowledge that if you say this shit thing is happening, immediately mm. they're, they're, they're on yeah. call. Like, yeah, yeah. No matter what is going on in no, their own lives. No. They drop everything. And you for them as well. You yeah. know, they feel this way about you, which is a nice yeah. thing yeah. also. But, um, yeah, there's just not... I don't know, we need to work on this. We, we need to get some sort of better invention of the language yeah. around... And celebrate each other more, you know, celebrate. Yeah, a group of female friends. There's like, it's the group thing. so powerful. Yeah, it's like a a coven. That's, I mean, essentially, the words we've got for it are because people have been suspicious of women (laughs) being friends with each other. So coven, pact, you know, like, it's basically like we're running some sort of secret society just by being nice to each other. Yeah. (laughs) We just like each other. There's no cynicism about it. It's just, it's fine. Um... The only words to describe it are like sort of derogatory words about yeah. women. It's mad to think that, like isn't it? A gaggle, yeah. and like this. It, it comes from witches. Mm-hmm. It, essentially, the language we have comes from witches. Yeah. I'm happy to be yeah, a witch yeah, with same. them. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Get a cauldron out. Set fire to some shit. Uh, <laughs> come on, women. Yeah. Let's celebrate each other a bit yeah, more. 100%. Um, so, how would you sign off a letter to your amazing group of women? Oh. Just thank you, like the biggest thank you for holding me up whenever I felt like being on the floor. 
they're just there. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely you would have stayed on the floor longer if it wasn't for the chivying of a group of women. Absolutely. To get you out or get you up or yeah, bring you a dinner. Yeah, I owe a lot My to My mate Ruth always just brings me a takeaway. Really? Like, it's just like, there's Lebanese food on the doorstep. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. <laughs> when I'm sad, like, food immediately. Yeah. Or you've had a baby, like, they just, they provide food. It's very, very comforting. Yeah. We'll be back for the final letter after a short break. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So the second letter I asked you to think about was um, to someone who's no longer with you. So who mm-hmm. would that be? So that's going to be my granddad. Um, so my dad's dad. Um, and as I got older, I, I think developed a really strong bond with him and my grandma actually, but we'll focus on, on him because I think when you're younger, your grandparents are a bit annoying. Like they were to me, I thought, oh, can't be bothered to go see them. Like it's effort. We've got to spend time with them. Always felt like a long journey, didn't it? To see them, even though mine lived less than four (laughs) miles away. (laughs) And it's like, you always felt your parents were like making you do it and, but yeah, I think as I, yeah, exactly. And as I got older, I just realised the value in them and like the wisdom and just that bond that you have with those people as grandparents, you know. But I think my granddad especially, um, he literally just like the greatest role model I think I could have ever had in my life. The way that he worked um he ran businesses he was a, a bookie so he had like betting offices from scratch started classic yeah, granddad I mean, job that he is he started yeah. because he was spending so much money at the bookies so it was like right well i need to turn <laughs> this around and i need to start the house always wins yeah, so exactly. he, he wanted to become the house exactly. clever man so you know he, he was just doing that and um, you know, he'd leave the house at 6am every morning, get to work, he'd work for a bit and he'd come back home and have breakfast with my grandma. Just like, they just had such an amazing relationship as well. I don't know if they were madly in love with each other, I don't think they were, but they had this bond that was like unbreakable and something that... Oh, you know, madly in love is overrated, yeah, let me tell no, you. No, <laughs> I mean, for sure. 
Unbreakable bonds and partnership is where it's yeah, at. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that just, for me, they absolutely, that was what I visioned, what I saw through them. And um, my granddad was also very sporty. So I, I think, you know, from my career and what I... I'm getting up to now it's he's definitely had a, a big influence in that you know we'd go around and the sport would always be on he'd be in one room watching sport grandma would be in the other room watching like I don't know what it was some crime drama or something you know so I'd like have a bit of sport and then I'd go watch some sort of crime scene. Yeah, right. exactly with her. <laughs> so, um but yeah that connection that we had over sport was um you know was I guess really powerful for me um yeah, he was a, just a massive influence in my life. What was his name? He's called George. George, yeah. good classic granddad name. Yeah. Uh, and um, when did he die? He died a couple of years ago now. Um, I'm rubbish with dates and all that. Did he see you, like, you know, become a... He did, yeah, he did. Um, he knew that was, yeah, that was my path and I was... Um, yeah, that he'd been through my accident, obviously, with me. And um, I remember yeah. he always used to... He'd literally come to the hospital every day at three o'clock when visiting time started. And he'd probably stay no longer than 15 minutes. We'd have a game of Scrabble together. Scrabble on the <laughs> iPad, bearing in mind. So I taught him how to use an <laughs> iPad um, to do Scrabble on the iPad. And then he'd go. And he just wanted to see me every day to make sure that I was okay. He just needed to like look me in the eye and be like, okay, all right, I can go now. And it was like that connection that that you have. That's that, lovely. Yeah, that you know someone's always there. Um, was he good at Scrabble? Um, no, not particularly. Neither was I, though, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, my mum died uh, when I was your age, in fact, when I was 29. And um, I think of her fondly. However, she was so good at Scrabble... <laughs> that the memory of playing Scrabble with her is not a happy one. She used to use all those stupid little two-letter yeah. words and I would challenge her to put them into a sentence, mm. like the word XI. Yeah, I hate that you can uh, use that. She, yeah. Yeah, it, That's a exactly. cop-out. It's a cop-out. It's a total cop-out. So I would say, put it in a sentence, and she would say, Z is a word. <laughs> And that was her sentence. And I, I, I so my my memories of playing Scrabble with my dearly departed mother are ones of frustration. Yeah. <laughs> but I like it when people aren't that yeah. good and just are like it's much more yeah, fun yeah. when people aren't that it good. Is, yeah. So he got to see you thriving after your accident yeah. and becoming a uh, Paralympian. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, and I'm so glad about that. Like, my mum's mum and dad both died before my accident and I think really it was that that brought me closer to my dad's mum and dad was going through that trauma as a family together and, you know, just trying to cope and all stick together. So, And it made me just value them like you wouldn't believe, like, you know, I meant talked about when you're a kid and you just, oh, it's boring going around to see your grandparents. Actually, I would, every day I'd ring them, I'd see them, you know, I moved away from home when I was 19 to go off to uni and stuff, but whenever I was home, I would... I'm stunned that your parents alive that. <laughs> I know. I would I have mean, still had you tethered to To be me. honest, I'm quite a fiercely independent person, so I don't really think they had a choice, to be honest. So. You know, going off to, you know, Rio in Tokyo, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have happened on my watch, young lady. I'd have been like that, you're not getting on a plane ever again. That's it, that's the end. That's the end. You now live in a cupboard in our house. <laughs> I'm very glad they didn't do that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> but I totally get it. I would definitely be, you know, I'd be thinking the same. Um... <laughs> 
but yeah, I'm um, I'm glad that he yeah got to see me competing at the highest level. You know, playing sport, doing what I love, and um, yeah, it was special. There were special people in my life. Did he ever run a book on you? <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> he, so. Did he ever have a flitter not, on not you? That, that seems like it might be insider trading, like you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that's probably quite illegal, but um... it's probably frowned on you. <laughs> but thank God for the lottery, because exactly. frankly, it funds a it lot does, of uh, yeah. it. Absolutely funds, funds. What I do. Thank God for idiots like me with hopes and dreams and it funds other people's hopes and dreams, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has done mine. Without the lottery, we just wouldn't have had... The success, the sporting uh, success anyway. The the sporting success in the last 20 years... no chance. ...has... And when I was a kid, like, I remember the Atlanta Olympics and Paralympics and, like, two people from mm. Britain with it like it was it's rubbish. just grown and grown it's been amazing to see and yeah, then also like, be a part of you know be yeah. part of must be amazing yeah, it's been honestly I, you know competing for your country is there's nothing like it it's why I carry on doing what I'm doing you know it's it's hard it's a physical toughness you know to train your body yeah I, I mean I, I don't like to walk up a flight <laughs> of stairs so you know like <laughs> You know. But it's it's worth it because it's that thrill that you get competing in front of a crowd and um, yeah, there's nothing like, oh, like it. When you come out in the opening yeah. ceremony. So my experience of this, obviously, I live in Birmingham. We had the Commonwealth yes. Games recently and I was so cynical about it beforehand. I now would like to petition the government to hold the Commonwealth Games, not just every four years, but mm. every year in Birmingham. <laughs> I absolutely loved yeah. it I went to the opening ceremony and that bit where the athletes are coming out I, I on the telly I always thought oh it's the boring bit now like where they all just got I can't tell it was so exciting yeah. they all look so yeah, chill yeah, yeah. like different countries doing like dancing oh yeah. my god I was like I was I couldn't speak yeah. by the end I had to take my wedding ring off because I was clapping so hard that it nearly <laughs> oh flew god. out into the audience I absolutely I became what I can only imagine like a five-year-old going to Disneyland was like, it was so exciting. And everywhere you went in the city centre and the sun was shining, mm. like the carnival yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. Oh my God. Now to be like competing yeah. in that, I cannot, my heart would come oh, out of I my know. chest. And if my kid was competing in it, I wouldn't have coped. <laughs> I was like a bottle of champagne going off for two whole weeks. <laughs> So good. I loved it so it much. Is, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really that into sport yeah. or anything. Oh my god, it's the best. Yeah, yeah, it's that community, the fun, the like like you say, I, I went to actually watch one of my best friends, Amy, she was competing at the Commonwealth and um went to watch it and absolutely got that. Like there's nothing better than also competing at home. Like, at yeah, home, like yeah. wow. You know, amazing. It was, yeah, it was an incredible atmosphere. Just also when when it's not just like home, the UK, like when you come yeah, from yeah. the place where this big celebration is coming from and these people have literally all come to the streets where yeah. you live. It just felt like... Oh, God, I remember we saw the, uh, it was like the, the Kenyan cycling team or something, cycling down the road past like the McDonald's drive through like the day <laughs> before it had started. And my son just like winding down the window being like, thanks for coming. Yeah. Like, we just felt like really chuffed that everybody had come. Yeah. I've absolutely <laughs> loved it. And now I just feel like I'm going to go to Commonwealth Games and uh, Olympics and Paralympics all yeah. over. yeah. The, all over the yeah. world. I'm now. I've become a junkie. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to follow it around. 
Super fun. It's in Paris next know, time, isn't it? So it almost feels like home. That's easy. It's so close. Yeah, it's easy. My brother lives just outside Paris, so I'll go and stay with him. Um, so I'm definitely going to go to Paris. Great. In fact, the tickets are already... I've, don't you worry, I'm already in the ballot. I've become a total super fan. It's the best. It is. It's a good oh, feeling, God. isn't it? it? Sport, when people come together, I think it's it's really powerful. So uh, how would you sign off the letter to lovely Grandad George? Oh, I would say that I miss him and that I hope I'm making him proud. The final uh, letter I asked you to think about was a person who has had an impact on your life but wouldn't necessarily know it. So who would that be to? Um, so this is Dr. Timothy Pritz, who is, uh-huh. to sum it up in one sentence, the man that saved my life. I think it's a pretty um, influential yeah, pretty person in my yeah. life. You know, I literally would not be here if it was not for him. And, you know, he is... I don't want to speak out of turn, but Americans and doctors especially can be quite arrogant about how they, you know, yep. think they can save people's lives and save the world and all of this. And mm-hmm. he is actually just one of the most humble people like I've ever come across that never... Yeah, there is a definite God complex yeah. about both America <laughs> and also medical yeah, professionals. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not all of them, no, obviously. No. And for him, like, <laughs> I think he would absolutely not assume that I would ever pick him for this letter because he probably saves people's lives every day, you know, and yeah. it's his job and Path of the yeah, course. And, yeah. But for me it's you know, I've I've been back a few times actually to um, to see the doctors that were there and you know, they sort of took me on a tour around the hospital and like on the journey that I went on that day when my accident happened, like went into the emergency room, took It's funny because it looks different, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, it looks different. The yeah, hospital looks yeah, different yeah. when you're obviously if you're passed out and things that the two times I've been in labour, I went to Birmingham Women's Hospital and I go and visit there often as a member of parliament. Um, and it just doesn't look the same yeah. at all. When I go and visit it, it's unrecognisable to me as the yeah, place yeah. where I was treated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just looks like a different building. Yeah. It's it funny. It's bizarre, yeah. So, they, you know, I've been back and, and had, had contact with them. You know, we're friends on Facebook. And he always remembers the date oh, of my accident and he'll always sort of write a little special post about me. And, oh, my God, he sounds like a oh, lovely fella. He is, yeah, he's, he's a dream. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think my parents as well owe him everything yeah. because, and they have such yeah. a special sort of connection with him and, and all. If he needed a kidney, oh, yeah. they'd yeah. be there. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it had to be him in, in my eyes, you know, the person that's, you know, been so influential but probably doesn't know it. Yeah, I mean, he must as well have, like you say, hundreds of people. yeah who feel that way about yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and to not let that, I can, you know, to not let that get to yeah. your head would be yeah, hard. Yeah. I mean, it would take a strong person yeah. not to just be like, yeah, I'm a total yeah, baller. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think as well, like, the on the flip side of that, he and they at the hospital must have also lost so many people. So I suppose it's oh, humbling yeah. in that sense that it's... Not yep. always the positive story of someone overcoming such adversity or whatever, you know, it's it's not always that. I find in my line of work, working with victims of violence and abuse, 
the stories that get told about people overcoming are, you know, they're really compelling and they need to be told so that people can mm. believe if they're in a bad situation. Yeah. But yeah, the, the stories that, um, the reality of people who just survive mm. conti- with continuing abuse, they're survivors oh, too, yeah. like, you know, that, and, and yeah. those stories uh, are less compelling mm. or you make fewer biopics about those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he must have to deal with, I mean, as many losses as gains. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in um, in hospital. I was in his hospital for about a month, and I um, they put me in what they called the princess suite, which basically on the top <laughs> floor, my own room, because I was sixteen, you know, and I was it wasn't a children's hospital, so they really, yeah. really looked after me. Um, but I was right over. Um, I was right below. Sorry, the helicopter pad. So I would all the time the helicopters in and out in and out in and out because they were at this massive trauma center so they're dealing with all the trauma that's going on the knife crime the gun crime and he would every morning he'd come back into my room and do my checks and whatever and be like well we had so and so in last night and we had this guy and this stabbing and this gunshot and this motorbike accident and it was like unbelievable that all the things that were going on that you know, I was just trying to live my little life and get through what I was yeah. going through, but there was so much else going on and he was dealing with it yeah. all, you know. I've always thought whenever I have, ki- have kids or, you know, when I- wherever I am in my life, I will always, like, try and go back to visit because they're so special to me without being... Which bit of America is it? Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. So I would always, you know, want to go back and always sort of keep in touch and and remember them and, and stuff. So, yeah, very special to me. Was he a trauma sur- yeah. surgeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I only know this terminology <laughs> because I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. He was, um, yeah. He was a specific trauma yes. surgeon. Yeah, that's a tough gig, man. Tough gig. I mean, gig. I had everybody, every yes. man and his dog around me that first night, honestly, <laughs> like six or seven people, and he was, like, doing the overseeing of everything because I had the seatbelt basically damaged everything internally, so I was... Oh, yeah, just, just the, the Everything force. was damaged. So, you know, everyone from needing my lungs sorting out, my kidneys, my liver, mm. my whatever, they were there. They were on, on site and he was managing it all. And, um, you know, that's the thing that I was told, like, if I was here, that we wouldn't have had, mm. like, I wouldn't have had. The same yeah. specialisms all around yeah. a table. And yeah. I just didn't have the time to wait for someone to, you know, who was on call maybe or who was in Leeds or Sheffield or wherever yeah. to get over to me. And the way that they operate and do things in, in that trauma situation, like they, he'd said he'd never seen my injuries and had to do the operations he did on me, like, in a trauma situation because um, they were so severe. Like, normally oh it's God. planned surgeries or things for people who are having loads taken out of their body because of cancer or whatever it might be. But Yeah, 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 um, cutting things out of yeah, people. Yeah, but so hearts, it was all... Getting people's hearts started exactly, again and things, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was all under, you know, they had minutes, you know, to, to quickly make decisions and to, you know, try put me back together and, and save my life. So forever, forever in debt. There's an element of um, both the total humanity in what you're saying, but also um, you feel like there's a certain element of a lack of humanity that your body is just a machine. Absolutely. You, yeah. you're like, you know, when you said all the different bits of me, like it's like they are inanimate. They are not of yeah, you. Yeah. They are not of yeah. your spirit. They are just like, this is a pump. 
This is a filter yeah. system. This is yeah. like, you're like a car, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it is. And for me, it's that is what has always been the most fascinating thing about knowing, like, when you read my medical notes, like, everything that happened and all the things that I went through, to then me now, like functioning relatively normally <laughs> like you know yeah. like, I'm just amazed at how the body can do that can you know go from being absolutely in pieces to my like they always <laughs> joked about like if you ever did an x-ray of me like everything would be all in the wrong place and all higgledy piggledy <laughs> I'm like how do I still function normally like it's just bizarre to me that yeah the body is so powerful and and then also the mind to get you through something like that and yeah, still yeah, yeah. be relatively sane, I like to think. <laughs> I mean, as much as, any, as, much as the next person. Exactly. I mean, we're all a bit mad, exactly. aren't we? If we Let's were, face it. I don't think we'd be enjoying life as yeah. much. Because so. <laughs> in, in an element in sport as well, you have to give way to the idea of your body being mm. a machine. Yeah, yeah, you do. Again, your mind is deeply important yeah. because, like, when I watch Wimbledon, when people are like two sets down I just think I'd throw in the towel at this point and my husband's like that's why you're not an elite level sports person Jess because it doesn't look like it's going my way I'm going to bail out isn't the mind of an athlete so um, I get that there is a, a huge amount of mind but you must have to give way mm. at elite sport level to um, recognising that your body is a machine that has to be treated in a certain yeah, yeah. way in order for it to perform mm-hmm. like, like a car I mean the car is yeah. the only example that I can sort of think of um, and I wonder if any of that sort of that ability comes from that idea that you had basically been, you know, you, you were taken away from your yeah. body. It was taken away from yeah. you. And so you can separate. Definitely. It. Yeah, that is, it is the mindset you do have to have, like when you, you push your body to the absolute limits as an athlete and to have. Yeah, to know that that's because you're trying to I guess be the best version of yourself you're putting your body under that amount of pressure it is like a machine looking after it fueling it staying hydrated getting enough sleep all this all this stuff so how would you sign off your letter to your amazing life-saving doctor I would say you are incredible thank you from me and all my family and probably the thousands of people other people Mm. that you've saved lives of and yeah massive thank you Oh, gosh, what what a lovely, lovely thing. What a lovely man who probably would just say, like all every hero I've ever met who did something amazing, usually for somebody else, um, changed the law, saved a mm. load of... Yeah. People will always just go, oh, I didn't do it on my own. I was just doing my yeah. job. And then people who do very little expect a huge mm. amount of praise. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, like a direct correlation between people going, oh, it's just mm. my job, of being the heroes of the piece, and people who expect like hearts and flowers, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually, and making somebody else do all yeah. the bloody work. <laughs> You're so it's right. In my experience, yeah. um, so I'm sure he would just say to you, all the thanks he needs is to watch you thriving, yeah. and uh, that he was just doing his job. Yeah, bless him. Well, Sophie, it's been a total pleasure. Oh, thanks for having uh, me. Speaking to you. What is next for you then? So you're, uh, you're hoping to go to Paris? Yeah, that's the goal. So It's not far, yeah. is it? Just on the exactly, old Eurostar? Yeah. Just pop Hopefully over. Hopefully we get to go via train. That would be nice. Um, yeah, that would be nice. But yeah, that's, you know, long term. That's in um, 
August 2024, so we've got a while yet, but we've got uh, World Championships this summer and European Championships, so it'll be a busy one. What a nice life. Yeah, it's not too bad. I, I love doing what I do. I love playing basketball and you know get to travel the world whilst doing it as well it's um yeah i really can't complain yeah travel the world with a bunch of people you like 90 yeah. percent of the time <laughs> yeah. doing something you, you like really mm. like i just think what it a privilege is, yeah what an absolute bloody privilege it is good um well sophie it's been totally lovely talking to you thanks so much for coming you're welcome in. thank you for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode of yours sincerely with jess phillips If you want to hear more conversations just like this, make sure you click the follow button now on the app where you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. We're at Jess Phillips Pod, and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. This has been an Audio Always original. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 